Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Broke Nerd Podcast. Now here's the thing, I wanted to do it yesterday, but I was kind of like, eh, I had to actually do a lot of running around. And if you want to know what hell is, hell is actually waiting at the Secretary of State for almost 4 hours. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much this is what happened. I actually um, needed to get my ID updated. So, since my brother actually had the day off yesterday, I decided to go with my mom to actually go run some errands, get some stuff, and one of the things I had to do, I had to go get a copy of my birth certificate, and then I had to go renew my ID, because the thing is, is that, like, if I'm planning to go to a casino and whatnot, or if not when I'm actually going on my trip to California, I need my ID updated. So, pretty much, I went to go get that done. Worst possible thing I could have done. Because, apparently, due to things that were out of control, as they said, they were extremely short-staffed there. And, on top of that, too, that their computer-based programming that was going on is was completely out of whack. And, because of that that pretty much it took a really long time because they had people that were uh, scheduled uh, like weeks in advance or if not a few days in advance people that came back or if not they're doing a ticketing system yeah it took me almost three to four hours to actually get just a simple ID renewal and a different picture from my ID and done because I um, apparently there had to be an upgraded feature too also that if I was going to a military base or if I was going to a government facility that it would give me clearance to actually go into it to make sure it is who I um, I am who I said I am but I just think it's stupid but um, long and behold I got through that fresh um, coat of hell and was able to get out of there but it's just, it was ridiculous of how long I had to wait for that. But that was my actually interesting story yesterday, and hence why I did not put a podcast out yesterday. It was due to the fact that I was nearly brain dead because of having to wait and everything in such um place for almost four hours. But we're going to go ahead and move on to the rest of my episode of episode eight. Now, here's the thing, um, pretty much going on to this, that the Arrowverse has been a great series, it has been a staple in the CW and DC Comics for a while, that pretty much they actually did what if Marvel could have done for a TV show, and I actually really loved Arrowverse, I love Arrow, I love The Flash, I love DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. And if it wasn't for Arrow, we wouldn't have gotten the shows that we do have now and that we love. Because, like, I mean, we actually got Doom Patrol, we got Titans out of Arrowverse. Or, if not, out of Arrow. Now, the upcoming event that's going to be happening for it is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Which is a groundbreaking um, comic book. 
If you guys actually remember that pretty much back in the 80s, they actually had to release this book because there's just been so many different things of like so many multiverses and this and that. So Crisis on Infinite Earths was the comic book title that was going to put an end to that. That pretty much instead of having so many different like alternate realities and whatnot that it was congesting it into a single massive universe. And that actually helped because nowadays that with DC that there is um the universe and whatnot, there is Earth too, but that's as far as we know. But there are other alternate Earths. But the thing is is that like there you don't do like what Marvel does, is that when there's like an alternate timeline or ultimate world that it gets its own universe and like up um um Earth like two one six eight dash 11 the snap um that's the kind of thing that happens over in marvel dc it's a little different yes there is multiple realities but they are different earths like for example earth 2 that where we have jay garrick um as the flash we have um alan scott as green lantern and um just to name a few people but these were actually from earth 2 because around earth 2 and during the whole world war 2 that's when superheroes kind of started to come into the picture that the metahumans started to spring up and that's when we got just the society of america was due to the earth 2 counterparts of the heroes that we have here in the main dc universe but for example also like with um flashpoint that even though it did not splinter off into a different alternate universe that it was a different thing in time because we all know with flashpoint that barry went back to trying to prevent a death of something happening because i don't want to give too much away but because of his actions in the past it changed the future that we still had the main DC universe, but everything just got changed about. And that's how it was. And that's actually the new leading event that's actually going to be coming up um, soon. But there were rumors talking about some shows are going to be leaving. That they're thinking that, like, you know, probably the Flash is getting the axe, Supergirl's getting the axe, or if not DC Legends are getting the axe. But the thing is, is that I will go ahead and update you. Sally, one of the shows that has been confirmed that they are no longer going to be doing is Arrow. That's right. Sally, the show that started the Arrow, Arrowverse is no longer going to be part of the CW lineup. That they're only going to do one more season, season eight. And they're only going to do 10 episodes, which is kind of sad because we all know that the Arrowverse series, they do up to 23 episodes to finish out a whole entire season. But Stephen Emil went on to both his Instagram and Facebook pages and did announce saying that they are ending Arrow after season seven. That season eight is going to be the very last season of Arrow and that there's just only going to do a 10 episode run of the series and then that's going to be it i'm kind of a little bit saddened with it yeah i haven't been able to catch up a lot and everything on it because i've had a lot of things happen but i have been trying to catch up on the series i have been able to try to catch up on flash 
Um, I actually just recently caught up on Flash. I have to still be trying to catch up on Arrow. I still got to finish out um, DC Legends of Tomorrow. And I still got to catch up on Supergirl too. Because like I was just getting sidetracked with so many things. And the only thing I was actually stuck on was the Crisis on Earth X. Which we all know is the alternate universe where basically Hitler did win the cult, um, World War II. And basically the world's take over. And everybody became Nazi versions of themselves. But the thing is, is that like sadly, yeah, the show is ending. But I'm going to try my best to actually catch up on the series. To be able to see everything that leading up to the ending of it. But it, ha- it was a heartfelt video. I actually did watch it. It was a little bit of heartbreak. It really was to actually see Steven's like try his best so hard to not cry because even like in the video he was going like hey I have to turn off the comments I can't read the comments because if I do read the comments I'm gonna see something that's gonna make me cry and literally when he was saying that you can tell emotionally that he was trying so hard not to hit that wall to cry because literally working on the show for almost 10 years and working with the people that you have been working with for over 10 years, uh, you basically become a family. And because of that, he was trying so hard not to let his emotions pour out into the video. But we already could tell that it was he was already doing it. And it was very hard to see him trying to not let it go. But I really didn't watch too much of the video afterwards because... I was kind of getting a little emotional too because like I was going like it's so hard to try to not see someone else break down without breaking down also. It's like that moment when you kind of like have to like dude don't start crying if you start crying I'm going to start crying. <laughs> kind of like a situation like that. You know for a fact that you cannot hold yourself and everything when you see someone else crying. Others they can hold it very well. Others they join along. But the thing is, is that, yeah, Sally, the show is ending. But we are going to go ahead and move on with all the stuff. That apparently Melissa, um, Melissa McCarthy, which, yes, I am bringing up something Ghostbusters related again. That apparently, you know how, like, back I was saying that, you know, she was kind of giving a little bit of crap and whatnot to... Um, the whole like reboot or if not the um, Ghostbusters 3 coming out and whatnot and that how like Les- um, Leslie uh, was definitely not behind him because she was getting a little mad saying that um, basically women don't matter this man kind of Melissa came on board with it but here's the thing. Paul Ferg actually said that, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how um, Jason does with the movie and that he has my full support. Then a couple weeks after that, or if not a few weeks after that tweet dropped, Melissa actually weighed in on it too. She's going like, you know what? I'm all on board with it. I love movies. I love supporting people and everything that make them. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to Jason Rutman doing um, Ghostbusters 3. And that's saying something that for Melissa to actually get off her high horse or if not to get off the thing that she was doing before, like she was getting a little bit mad about talking about how 
um, before like saying about fans and everything going like, oh, they think I've ruined childhoods or this and that. And it's kind of sad that like if you base your life or if not around a certain movie that it doesn't really matter. And that's kind of when she put her foot in her mouth. But the thing is, is that it has been confirmed that Melissa's all on board with this, which I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what Jason Reitman does with the new Ghostbusters. Now, any fans on here that are into anime like I am, or if not manga, which is basically Japanese comic books, then you're definitely going to be interested that Full Metal Alchemist 4 panels is going to be coming out in March. Well, it's already out. It has came out and everything. Like I said, after writing this down, it has already been released. It actually released yesterday. That March 12th was actually the release date for the Full Metal Alchemist 4 panel set. And what it is is that it's a collection of books. Or if not, like, you know the comic book strips that you bring in newspapers and whatnot? That, like, it's just only the one little section of, like, four different panels about telling the story and whatnot? Well, the creators of Full Metal Alchemist kind of did that. And what they're doing is that they're kind of doing a retelling of the series, but in a more comedic style. Because we all know that huge fans of Full Metal Alchemist... We know for a fact that, like, the show, it had its moments. That it was very dark, it was very funny, but, yeah, sometimes there's that in-between stuff, which we all know which episode we are talking about, and we are not going to mention it. Because, yeah, let's just say everything, that dude, I, I wouldn't not stop um, adding their, um, from killing the dude for what he did. But anywho, um, moving on from that, they are going to be releasing that, and they already have, which I'm actually really looking forward to actually picking up a copy of the book myself, because I kind of really want to see how they do a comedic style with Full Metal Alchemist, and that how they basically take like a very dark and serious thing and make it really funny, which I'm actually really looking forward to. Now, here's the thing. We are going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And we will be right back with more of Broken Nerd Podcast. We are back. Now, here is more news that we all know that Zombieland 2 is coming out. That we did see, or if not heard, that Luke Wilson was actually brought on board as an unknown character for the new Zombieland 2 Double Tap movie. Which, um, like I said, I've read the article. There has not been any release at all whatsoever about who Luke Wilson is going to be playing in the movie. They don't know if he's going to be playing a big role in it. They don't know if he's going to be doing a cameo in it. Or if not, he's going to be an integral plot in the movie. Or a plot subject in, in the movie. But as far as I know, um, I really haven't heard anything else or if not any more updates to that about Luke Wilson being in Zombieland 2. Now, like I said, this article is old when I wrote this, but we all know that the Oscars happened. But the two greatest things happened is that Marvel won some categories. First of all, we are going to go ahead and talk about Black Panther. That Black Panther, let alone, is a great movie. I love it. Wakanda forever. I'm like, 
the movie was just amazing. I knew about T'Challa. I knew about the Black Panther character way before the movie came out. And I'm actually really looking forward to actually picking up the Marvel Knights um, Black Panther book. Because pretty much this was a book um, that was a little bit of the inspiration for the Black Panther movie. Now what the book is about is that pretty much T'Challa comes to New York. And what he's actually doing is that he's trying to look for this girl who used to be a, um, a person of Wakanda. And he's trying to figure out what happened to her. So he comes to New York, he comes to the U.S. trying to figure that out. And the Marvel Knight books are a little much more darker and grittier books that they did back in the 1990s. Or if not, uh, we'll go ahead and say 1998. Because I actually just recently picked up a copy of Daredevil, Guardian Devil by um, Joe Casada, who drew it and Kevin Smith who wrote it. And... Like, these were, like, a bit of the darker books, and but these are the books that kind of gave um, Marvel a little bit of a look. This is um, literally after everything that happened before, that where Marvel was slowly rising up from the ashes of crap and everything that happened before, and where they were, like, almost close to the um, edge of bankruptcy. Yeah, that's right. Literally, Marvel and everything was almost going to close because of poor sales and everything else with comic books. But, yeah, in the late 1990s, early 2000s, comics started making it big again. And especially when 2005, when um, X-Men been released, that opened the floodgates for more moves and basically was the spark that ignited the MCU. But the thing is that, um, going back to what I was talking about, that they actually won categories for Best Production Design, Best Original Score, and for Best Costume Design for the Black Panther series. Which, uh, even though it's not, like, the big, like, Best Picture thing, which it was nominated for, Sally, they did not win it. But I'm still glad enough that Black Panther won some awards. And another... Um, Marvel creation won an award Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse now I watched that freaking movie with my cousins I love that movie it was amazing I actually just recently watched it the other day because like I said it's already out for digital streaming so I was able to um, find uh, whatever streaming service I do use that I was able to find it and rewatch it, and it was still great. Even after I watched it the second time, it was still like how I was when I first watched it. It was still amazing, and that it won the Oscar for best animated feature. Now that's saying something because we all know for a fact that um, Disney has taken over and was basically dominating the whole thing about winning for best anime feature. Because no other categories in their thing, or if not other people like Disney, won that thing. But Sony Pictures, after the debacle of the Emoji movie, that they made an amazing movie with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And because of that, they were able to win for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, which I actually really enjoyed and liked. But let's go ahead and move on in everything with it. Oh, 
Um, here's the thing. Uh, apparently, an article came out because we all know about what happened with Captain Marvel. That apparently a bunch of fanboys and a lot of stupid idiots were actually flooding rotting tomatoes to something about attacking it because of her being a strong female character and this snap. But the thing is, is that like a lot of people were comparing her, like kind of like going back and forth, saying that oh, Zazam's going to be a better movie than Captain Marvel, and Zazam and everything's going to kick and everything Captain. Marvel was asking there in the box office now, during this time before the movie was released um, Zachary Levi actually came into defense he was going like guys back off because just because in their thing a movie is like this doesn't mean I'm not trying to compare my movie to Captain Marvel I mean yeah originally my character was named Captain Marvel but the fact of the matter is you shouldn't get mad and out of bent out shape and everything just because it's the whole rival of Marvel and DC. I for one am on both sides of the fence. I both love Marvel and DC and I love um, the indie comics too. I love Image, I love Dark Horse, I love Omni Press and I love Boom Studios which are like the indie comics. And a lot of people in their team don't like smaller title books. I, for one, actually do. Now, like I was saying before, sorry, I actually got interrupted. My brother actually showed up. But the thing is, is that, yeah, like Zachary Levi was going like, you know, nerding, don't try to compare my movie and everything to it. I mean, so just let her be it. And like I was actually saying too, I'm both of a fan of both Marvel and DC. And I like the indie books too. I like Boom Studios, Oni Pros, Dark Horse, and Image. I mean, yeah, they're, or in Valiant. Oh my God, nerding, I can't believe I forgot Valiant. But the thing is, is that, like, I was going to myself that, like, you know, I'm actually really like those titles. I'm not just tied down to both Marvel and DC. Which I kind of like for a fact that Zachary Levi actually came to her rescue, even though she probably didn't need it. But still, it's good to know that people are out there backing other people up with whatever they do. And speaking about Into the Spider-Verse, I actually forgot to bring this up in their thing in my last thing. That pretty much in their thing during the Oscars, that there's a thing called like the um, wrap it up portion. That pretty much of the fact of the matter is, is that when the speeches kind of get a little too winded or too long, that they actually start up the orchestra to actually speed them up and everything for them to actually end um, what they're thankful for or who they're thanking. And a lot of people in their thing got a little mad because they thought that Stan Lee and Steve Dicko, who were the creators of Spider-Man, didn't get any honors in their thing at the Oscars. Yeah, he, um, Stan Lee got honored in the memorial thing. But um, a lot of people were going like, um, when they were doing like, oh, we like to thank this and that and everything for Into the Spider-Verse. They were just about to announce Stan Lee and Steve Dicko. But... Like I said, the whole orchestra started um, playing and they kind of basically bleeped out or if not um, played over that part that they were trying to say. And I kind of found that a little disrespectful because of the fact of the matter is if it wasn't for Stanley and if it wasn't for Steve Dicko, we wouldn't have Marvel Comics. We wouldn't have Spider-Man and we wouldn't have any other characters that are out there because if it wasn't for these guys, because um, Stan made a decision 
day, he decided to bring out an original character. At the end of a comic book run of Amazing Fantasies issue number 15. And yet and everything, Stan actually got a chance to actually put his character out there that he um, created and had the wonderful artist of Steve Ditko draw it for him. And like I said, right there, that's when Masterpiece happened. With these two combined together, this was the best pairing to Jack and Steve like it was with Jack. Um, No, not Jack and um, Steve. Um, it was Stan and um, Jack because later on down the road Jack Kirby hooked up with um, wow seriously I'm getting the names butchered <laughs> Stanley hooked up with Jack Kirby and they pretty much brought in the usher of the greatest um, golden age of comic books that were ever around and like it says it was kind of sad that the fact that they kind of played over that part which I kind of really don't like the academy for I mean, if there's a lot of things to thank the Academy for, definitely that was not one of the things. But anywho, we are going to go ahead and move on to another thing. Now, here's a recommendation. I actually haven't done one of these in a while. But I actually, um, recently I went on a trip down to Toledo. I actually was getting some stuff and whatnot. And I actually went into Five Below. Um, Five Below is actually a really good place to actually go get stuff. For $5 or under, which I actually really like because definitely there is some stuff in there that's actually worth the buy. I actually bought um, my Marvel Legends figures of Captain America and Captain Britain for only 5 bucks. I mean, this was around the time in their thing when the first of um, the Avengers, um, I'm guessing Infinity War was coming out. Or, now nah, it was a little sooner than that, because, like, yeah, they actually had some Marvel Legends figures in Five Below. I was going, like, really? But, long and behold, I was able to buy some, and I was able to get them for cheap. But, there is a book here that I do recommend. It's actually called The Superhero Book, The Ultimate Encyclopedia of Comic Book Icons and Hollywood Heroes by Gina Ms. Rode, um... Zargu, I can't pronounce her last name, and I am so sorry, Nathan, that I'm butchering the crap out of it. It's basically Ms. Iroh Goo. <laughs> um, I, and like I said, I do apologize if I'm butchering the crap out of it, but apparently this book kind of gives you a little bit of who they have in this book. I'm actually going to open it up real quick, and I'm actually going to look at the index. Or the content that pretty much it talks about the American best comic heroes Ant-Man, Ant-Man the Wasp Aquaman, Archie Heroes Astro City, the Atom, the Avengers Batman, Batgirl um, Bartman <laughs> yes, Bartman Black Canary, and basically it goes through A through Z of certain key characters that are in this book I mean, it doesn't have every single character in it but it has some main key people. But definitely this is a book that kind of gives you more of a psychopedia knowledge. Or if not a little bit more info about certain things, about certain characters and certain like comic books. And like I said, there is an example of that. But also they have like other characters like the Powerpuff Girls, Power Rangers, 
Um, I, as I said, Bartman and a few other people in here, like um, Image Comics and everything, for example, The Incredibles, then Humans, Iron Fist, um, Hawkeye, Hawkman, Hellboy, The Hulk, The Human Torch, The Hanna-Barbera Heroes, and like I said, it has a lot of different things in here. Um, definitely if you guys want a little more info or if not kind of have what I have like a little bit of a psychopedia knowledge on comic book characters or superhero characters or if not kind of like things about with pop culture definitely see if your five below has it if not it is um, still available on Amazon for about 14 bucks me luckily I was able to find it for like five bucks but, like I said, it really varies on if you're able to find it at a 5 below. If not, then I'm trying to find a realm to get it for a lot cheaper price. Because even though Amazon, that's as cheap as you're going to get the book, I feel like you can be able to get it for cheaper. Because, like I said, even Ollie's, I were able to get books for a hell of a lot cheaper. 5 below, I was able to find, like, single-issue comic books and, like, a pack for less than that and like I said I found this book it's a lot cheaper than that but and definitely if you guys want a little more knowledge of like Batman Superman Spider-Man Wolverine and Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls <laughs> then definitely you should pick up this book yet again the book is called the superhero book the ultimate encyclopedia of comic book icons and Hollywood heroes and like I said it's on Amazon for 14 if you can be able to find it in the five below, five books. But let's go ahead and move on to other stuff that I have written on here. That, oh yeah, apparently Freddie Prince actually came out with this funny video of him dressed up as a Red Hood and a friend of his actually dressed up as Nightwing. Now, um, here's the thing. If you guys actually want to check it out, their Facebook page is... um. The video is actually called Superhero Stakeout, but it's actually a Facebook page called Craighead or Greghead. Nathan Craig or Greg? No, it's Greg. Yeah, Greghead. If you guys actually want to check out the video, it should be up in there on there. If not, then Freddie Prince might have posted it up in there on his Facebook page, or if not, his um, YouTube page, any of those pages. If you guys definitely want to check out the like short video check it out it was it was really funny because like the way that freddie prince plays off on his friend being nightwing and him being red hood it was just funny i i just thought it was funny um i'm not gonna give too much away of the video but let's just say it has something to do with what happened to jason top four and the lazarus pit and the way that how he says it, it was funny but let's go ahead and move on. Pretty much the written part of Jane and Bob reboot has been done. I've already put it out there that Kevin Smith has been releasing each time, like or each day or at least a few days after that on his um, YouTube page that he's been releasing short videos of behind the scenes footage of Jane Silent Bob reboot. Now I've already told you that he has like about a 21 day spin around to actually make the movie and then have about five months to be able to um, edit and put everything together to put it out uh, for this year which is actually fan freaking fantastic because this is like gorilla style filmmaking 
because like he's doing it for a good budget but yeah he's kind of doing it in a gorilla style where he's only doing it like in 21 days because that's actually how many filming days clerks was that it was only 21 days of filming and they only did the movie for i would think about two twenty seven thousand seven hundred and forty five dollars and that's actually how much the whole movie cost to pay the actors, to pay the people, and this and that. And that's like a huge string budget. I mean, that's less than what Robert Rodriguez did, or if not about around the same price that Robert Rodriguez did for the first movie that he did was El Mariachi. That he actually did that movie for, I think, about around the same price, or if not for like about 30 grand. And, like, he did that all gorilla style, too, because originally he was supposed to have props. Um, no, actually, that was from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But the thing is, is that, yeah, pretty much Rob Rodriguez did it in the same style for his very first movie. Which, if you guys want to watch it, I highly recommend it because it's actually part of the Mediachi trilogy. And, yes, Desperado was a sequel because this is how the movies go. It's, um... Elden Mediachi, um, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And that's a combination of all three movies of the Mediachi trilogy, which I actually happen to actually have all three DVDs of. And yes, I have seen them. Um, the Elden Mediachi, yes, I had to watch in subtitles, even though I am Mexican. <laughs> I don't know that much Spanish, but I want to learn. I have been asking my mom or if other people that I do know that I want to learn Spanish. I want to learn the language of my people. So I'm definitely going to be trying that coming up soon. Now, here's the thing. Sadly, when I wrote this a while back, I got a pop-up thing on my Facebook page of, like, you know how it kind of reminds you of stuff that you posted, like, four years ago, or if not two years ago, or a year ago on a certain date? Well, when this happened, it was actually around the time when Leonard Nimoy passed away, and it, it kind of brought back some things, because it kind of was going, like, it's been about four years since the great late Leonard Nimoy has passed away and he left a legacy he left a huge legacy behind and the thing is is that like it was great to be able to see this man on screen doing what he did best and even sometimes when he did certain stuff to ISIS um, even though some stuff were funny like other things I was like surprised especially when I was surprised when he came out with the music yeah he <laughs> He actually made records. Um, I heard a couple of songs, and yeah, they're very interesting. <laughs> they are interesting in the most. But um, the thing is, is that like we all know that Leonard Nimoy was a huge inspiration for Star Trek because he was part of the landmark series with William Shatner, um, George Sakai, and he was with. Um, Michelle, um, Michelle Nichols, or Michelle, I think Michelle, yeah, Michelle Nichols, and they basically, um, made TV history, 
I mean, with the show being as it is, it still holds up to this day. I mean, yeah, the cheesy special effects and whatnot, but I mean, overall, the show is amazing. Everybody was part of it, and especially the movies were good too. But it's just, it's a little weird that when you kind of think of back, that literally it was going like, wow. Can you believe in everything? It's just no more than like four years ago, this man was still alive and that he was still around. But you know, we all know that he is forever imprinted in film. And that if we ever get nostalgia feelings of like people that we do miss, that we can be able to rewatch him. I mean, look at all the Chris Froling movies. I mean, sadly, yes, he's not around anymore. But the fact of the matter is just that he still forever lives on in movies. I mean, he lives on in all the old Saturday Night Live sketches. He lives on in Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, um, Almost Famous, um, Beverly Hills um, Ninja. Um, I'm like... Dirty Works. I'm trying to like literally list off a lot of stuff that he was in Coneheads. And, like, here's the thing. As long as these movies are still around, that we will never lose these people. And, like, that actually brings up something, too, that I think Bridget Fonda was going, like, more pushing towards, like, she wants to save film. That she was putting out an article with The Hollywood Reporter saying that we should put more focus on more about saving films and the importance of these films instead of trying to make more films, which... A little bit in there that I kind of agree because in all honesty is that like a lot of films nowadays is set and they're either rehashes, remakes, or reboots, or if not retellings of certain movies and shows and whatnot. But I kind of do agree with her that we should preserve films because these films have been landmark parts of growing up and you know, I actually really would like that. I would love to see the preservation of films. I mean, we all have films like from back in the day, like Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, um, just to name a few films that were, we should protect them and we should preserve them because if we can be able to save these films, they will forever live on in infamy. That even though in the world of like constant streaming of TV shows and movies and this and that, that it still doesn't um, take away the fact that, you know, having a hard carbon copy of a VHS tape or if not a Betamax. And yes, that's freaking old and everything. I almost said that word. <laughs> um, they're so freaking old. And like movie reels, DVDs, Blu-rays. Like, basically, they're starting to become extinct. And, like, to be able to preserve these films is a history within itself. I mean, literally, there's high schools, colleges, universities that do, like, literally teachings of filmmaking. And especially, like, films and movies and TV shows that, like, you see the appreciation, or if not, and everything, the strong dedication and hard work that actors, filmmakers, producers, all these people and everything put towards that pretty much preserving film is a great idea and it should continuously keep going because if we don't have these films anymore, 
years later, millennia later, if we are still around, that like, where are these films going to go? Are they going to pass away in their in the sidelines and their the obscurity of um, yesteryears? Are we are going to be able to preserve the great movies and everything that have been watched? So apparently in everything now it's kind of popping my head. It's going like, oh, so are you saying that the Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's and everything have to be preserved? Damn right I'm saying that. <laughs> Damn right I'm saying Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds and everything need to be preserved. Oh my God, seriously. I had to break the tension. I know it was getting way too serious. And oh my God, I had to break the tension. I I really had to break the tension and everything with that in. Oh my god. Oh, this just makes me laugh. But anywho, um, we are going to go ahead and wind this down. That even though it's a bit of a rainy day here in Michigan, wherever you guys are are, I hope you guys are having a great and wonderful day. I hope you're having a great morning, depending on the time um different time zones and whatnot but i just want to say that i hope you guys are having a great hump day i hope you guys are having the best time of your life or if not doing the best and everything to do that so you know what i'm kind of stretching this out i know i really am stretching this out because like i at least want to get at least 41 seconds in there down here but um i just want to say i hope you guys have a great day a great evening and a good night This is Rob, a.k.a. Broken Nerd Podcast, signing off.